cancer is a very difficult disease. It's a traumatizing disease for you and your family. And you want to forget as soon as possible everything. However, some of us believe that our experience can be useful for others. And that's how uh, most uh, cancer patient organizations have started on uh, the kitchen table or in the yard. Welcome to this sixth episode of the BBMRI ERIC podcast. My name is Elena Shemba, Head of Outreach Education and Communications here at BBMRI. You just heard from Kathy Apostolidis, who is a patient advocate and has been a member of the BBMRI Stakeholder Forum Patient Pillar since BBMRI's inception 10 years ago. We'll return to her story in a moment. This is a two-part episode, which will share different perspectives on why the patient pillar is so important. The research and development of medical treatments is widely seen as a separate process, with patients only appearing at the very end when treatment is delivered. Rather than a one-way process, what if it was iterative, where patients and patient groups are part of the innovations in health long before they may need treatment? This is the intention, at a metre level, of the Stakeholder Forum Patient Pillar. The Patient Pillar covers most European countries by bringing together 19 organisations from 13 member states and six EU-wide organisations. It's BBMRI's wish to foster a strong community of patient organisations working across a range of topics, and no other research infrastructure engages patient organisations like this. It's through this unique cooperation that patient organisations can also jointly access policymakers and shape European-wide policy. Within BBMRI, the patient pillar guides the direction of the organisation over key issues such as paediatric biobanking, cancer research and the European Health Data Space Initiative. These themes also support wider pan-European projects. In this two-part episode, you'll hear about the work of Pillar members, Kathy Apostolidis and Dr. Stephanie Howard. In part two, you'll meet the new chair of the Stakeholder Forum, Eric Vermeulen. Since this episode is partly about Kathy, let's return to her. She's past president and chair of the Scientific Committee of the European Cancer Patient Coalition, ECPC. This is the voice of cancer patients in Europe due to over 450 members, making it Europe's largest umbrella cancer patients association. Kathy is a founding member and president of the Hellenic Cancer Coalition, ELOC, ELOC.org, and steers other Greek cancer patient associations. She survived breast cancer, twice, and has been involved in breast cancer survivorship and cancer patient rights advocacy for the last 25 years on the national and international level. She discovered a lump in her breast whilst on holiday in August 1990. Faced with little information, stonewalled by health officials, and dealing with the silence that surrounded cancer at the time, she decided to take action. One of few people in the early 1990s with an internet connection and a business computer, Cathy discovered a wealth of information on breast cancer that she used to inform herself and set up a patient advocacy organisation in Athens. It's still going strong 30 years later. Early on, 
She understood the power of working at an EU policy level and connected 10 Greek cancer organisations with ECPC. I wanted to know, from her experience of cancer, why biobanking plays a key role for patients like her. Cathy had a lot of foresight about the importance of her sample and how to connect that through to the rest of her family. It's very, very important, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, this was very uh, apparent and practical when I got the second breast cancer. Because then you need to check uh, the first sample with the second one to see, are they the same? Are they different? But of course, it was already 2001 and 11 years had passed. I had learned a lot, so I was able to do that. So you understand that for me, understanding what my cancer was, what exactly it was, what were the implications of the pathology for my future. Because by that time, I had realized that something strange was happening in the family because from the side of my father, uh, my father died, his sister died, uh, my uncle died, her son died, her daughter died, breast cancer, pancreatic cancer. I said, oh, this is strange. And myself now, I find myself with, a, I would say, benign cancer, DCIS, but it's a cancer. Kathy undertook advocacy training in the US with an aim to positively influence policy in the European Parliament as part of ECPC. Over time, Kathy, along with other patient advocacy groups, were able to access the labs to get an insight into how biobanks worked. They prepared information from a patient perspective, and it also advantaged her work when Greece joined BBMRI. I asked Kathy how being involved in BBMRI's patient pillar has influenced her work in Greece and across ECPC. What the patient is interested is to know what will happen to his sample. Is it going to be thrown? Is it going to be kept? Who is keeping it? What kind of research is done on it? Uh, how the patient will know what kind of research is done on it? Can research be done on his own cancer? That's the things that you um, are interested to know. And uh, with this little booklet, we have uh, given to patients across Europe the possibility to learn a few things, which are now useful because then afterwards we had a GDPR. And then this links very nicely together because it's your right to request information. It has also been translated uh, by ECPC members in other languages. And I have also, of course, translated into Greek for my colleagues here. So I believe uh, now coming to BBMRI, when I heard that uh, 
Kurt Zatlukal was organizing this forum in 2010, I said I must go. Definitely learn what is going on in Europe. What are they going to do? And I was pleased to see that the BBMRI was growing, was getting members. And when the Greek Biobank by the Greek Academy of Sciences became a member of BBMRI, I invited a researcher to tell us about his work. What is he doing? Uh, how long it takes to find a result? Uh, why, I mean, uh, he can uh, work for years if he does not find something that he has result? Because, okay, you are outside, you cannot understand that research is not something that you start now and you finish in three hours, five hours. In our conversation, Kathy outlined the high dropout rates of patient advocates once they move past treatment. Yet she has, despite retirement, made a new career out of advocacy. Kathy told me what keeps her interested in being at the heart of patient representation. Because you see also results. Uh, they might be uh, a little or few, but you do see results. And uh, for us in ECPC, we have seen results in cancer policy. We have seen our the amendments we have proposed for the uh, balance between uh, uh, work life and uh, family life. Uh, we had that 10 amendments, but two were approved. Also, we have seen our amendments accepted, all accepted there. In uh, the um, change of uh, the EMA policy in 2017, also again, our amendment was accepted. So you see a few wins, but uh, if you expect uh, Every day a win in cancer policy, then you are totally wrong. It does not come. It comes only by perseverance, by knowledge, and by, let's say, I would say also persistence. You cannot expect the results to fall from the sky. They don't. They don't. So I believe that what the BBMRI is doing with this stakeholder forum is very valuable. You heard from Cathy the direct relationship between a patient undertaking treatment for cancer, the vital need for representation at country and European policy level, and the value of biobanking in developing new treatments. In just a moment we'll meet another member of the patient pillar. (laughs) 
I'm speaking with Dr. Stephanie Howard, who is a biologist and has a master's in public health. She's a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for the BRCA Network, or BRCA, in Germany, and is also a member of the Scientific Advisory Board for the German Biobank Node. Stephanie is a newer member of the BBMRI Stakeholder Forum's Patient Pillar and brings with her a background in patient engagement and biobanking. The BRCA network focuses on genetic or familial high-risk cancers, breast, ovarian, colorectal, and it supports people through early detection, family considerations and the associated legal and insurance issues. Stephanie, thank you for making some time today. The first thing I want to ask you is how did you get involved in patient engagement and then decided to become a member of the patient pillar here at BBMRI. That's been quite a journey, I have to say, um, about a couple of years, actually. Um, I started as a member of the BRCA network in 2012. And then I was um, yeah, was uh, locally invested and engaged in uh, my hometown at the moment. And then from there, I started to um, work more and more with the board of the BRCA network. And then we have, and the BRCA network generally is a patient organization that's very scientifically active, political active. And so we really had from the beginning on very close ties to clinicians, to other scientists and with that, um, we got uh, questions um, to participate in research projects. And this actually was my um, first step into patient engagement that the Brocker Network and we specifically have been asked to participate. And then it got really fast from there that we got into several political committees, um, scientific committees. And then 2017, I was asked to um, be member of the advisory board of the German Biobank Alliance, which I really happily took on. And um, because from my scientific background, I had some um, connections to biobanking and I understood as a patient representative the scientific perspective, especially the wet lab perspective. So from there, then they asked me whether I would like to go on the, the European level and um, be a member of BBMR IREC patient pillar from the stakeholder forum. Yeah, and this is um, how I'm here today. <laughs> In all of that, you've developed quite a sensitivity to patient needs and an understanding that patients are not a homogenous group. How do you ensure that you're bringing that broad and representative set of perspectives to the pillar? That's a very important question and that's a very important thing to keep in mind for us as patient representatives. Um, I really heavily lean on the word um, representative. So uh, what's important for me is that when I'm on those different boards or engaged in different projects, that I'm specifically not bringing in my personal opinion. I mean, of course, it influences what I say, it influences um, my, what I'm weighing and um, what I think, of course, but the, really the task of patient representation is to be really rooted into the patient community, not only into my patient organization where I'm steaming from, so the BRCA network, but to really being rooted in the community of patients with um, breast and ovarian cancer, with hereditary cancers, generally with cancers, but I'm also, since um, the patient organizations are connected with other patients' organizations, and then being a membership of one of the big umbrella patient organizations in Germany, so, and there, 
you talk to lots of different people. Of course, you are a member of the support groups and this is really that you get what are the concerns really on the roots of the um, community of the people. So their everyday thoughts and challenges, their everyday thoughts and challenges regarding care, also regarding research and then to bring all those different views um, together, like um, being a channel for those different positions. Because as you said, it's really the case that the patient community is very heterogeneous. So we do have patients, as for myself, for example, I'm a risk patient, if you want, um, because I do have a predisposition for several cancer types but then there are other cancer patients who maybe have their disease which is already very advanced and of course they do have other points of views they do have other priorities already so um, we really differ regarding the topic of data and data use so but it's really my task to transport this differentness and um, this heterogeneity and to be honest about this. So not to use my position and to only bring in my view or the special view of the Bracker network, but to really do the work and channel the different views. Patient representation is a little bit comparable, I think, to the work that politicians are doing because normally they should represent. And this is what we try to do. And we are not perfect yet, I have to say, but we try to really yeah, bring in the broad perspective. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the biobanks and of course that's our bread and butter at BBMRI. Why is high quality biobanking so important for patients? So what we want is, of course, when we are in this vulnerable um, position that we are suffering from an acute illness, um, so what we want is, of course, survive. And what we want is, in order to do this, we need research. So this is clear. What we also want is we want good care and we want um, therapies that are safe for us, that are therapies that really have an impact and um, that really help us to survive, but not only to survive, but also yeah, having in the end a good quality of life. And for this, we really need high quality and robust research. The backbone of those research is quality assurance in biobanking. Because I know um, as being a member of the scientific advisory board of the German Biobank Alliance, um, I have quite an insight in this and I know how much work is behind those um, academic quality assured biobanking. So I know all the work that goes in there, how they assure the quality, how they assure then that they have a certain criteria that um, when people and research groups have an idea to um, use the samples and um, I think those samples are extremely valuable so that they really think, okay, we have also quality criteria not only in storing those biosamples but also in giving them out so that we think, um, is this really a good research idea? Has this maybe already answered yet or not? So are those ideas or is this pro project, if I can say it, worth it to give this valuable biosamples? And I think this is really important for patients so that when we give those biosamples, whatever that is, and I really know that I know even more about biobanking, I can really appreciate all the work behind this. And also 
having the biosamples in specifically also academic biobanks so that this is really we have a sharing infrastructure and um, also that all the research groups I think should know about those quality assured biobanks because I think um, from the beginning on when some research group starts a research um, project they should think about those um, already um, set up biobank infrastructure and not start a little biobank on their own for each and every project because we need those biosamples to be connected. We need basically we need big uh, data banks where you can look up where is which um, sample um, located, what's the quality behind the sample, what can I do with the sample. So we really need um, yeah to get all of this together, tie this together because this in the end leads to robust research results and this in the end is the basis for effective but also safe therapies. So this is why we as patients really support and we want um, quality assured biobanking that it has such a big impact then in the end on our therapies and our lives. You've kind of connected through the humanness, the, the ethical, the sociological right down to the sample that's held in the biobankers or the researchers' hands. And that's it's a really interesting way to put it because at the patient pillar level, you know, it's really operating at a meter level. And you've talked about it in a very different way. But at that meter level, which is where you're sitting, how does the patient pillars function along with BBMRI and the national biobanking networks? How does that strengthen patient awareness and participation in donating samples and increasing trust? That's um, also a very good um, question because I think this is um, also a two-way situation that we are having here. And um, I described in the beginning that how important it is and um, to... Um, bring all together or channel all the ideas and priorities of the patient community into the biobank community, to the clinicians and scientists. And then on the other hand, this channel goes back from a BRCA network and our boards. I'll tell them what I learned. I tell them the newest developments. I tell them how everything is interconnected and we raise an awareness then that um, for the people itself in their very individual situations of care when they are asked whether they donate some example really to be alerted and asked okay is there or being alerted i have to say it's a little bit difficult for the individual person in this vulnerable position of oh i'm in the hospital i'm at a point of care and now i have to decide that then having in mind okay biobanking is a good thing first thing but then, oh, quality assured biobanking. So maybe to ask, will this go or will this stay only in this little project that you have maybe locally? Or will my sample be contributed to the greater quality assured biobank? So it's a two-way street. And what you have, what we basically have here now, the podcast is a very um, important medium to transport this information and to get this across. But what we also have locally in Germany, we are working closely together with the German Biobank Node and several other patient representatives to talk about how can the Biobank um, address specifically the patients in their concerns and take into account what they need so that everybody feels comfortable. So it's really 
we work closer and closer together, I have to say, and it's a, a two-way street, so the information goes up and forth, up and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've described, I think, really effectively how as patient representatives working with patient engagement, but as members of the patient pillar, that you act as a hinge between the two, and it's so critical. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. In this episode, you've heard about the passionate contribution that two patient advocates make for better treatments and the possibility to shape policy. They do this through their work in Germany and Greece, but also as members of the Stakeholder Forum Patient Pillar here at BBMRI. Listen to part two of this podcast to meet Eric Vermeulen, who will explain how his background as a paediatric nurse and sociologist have coincided in his new role as chair of the Stakeholder Forum Patient Pillar. If you enjoyed this podcast, do share it with interested friends and colleagues and leave us a review on whichever platform you listen via. It helps us reach new listeners. See you for the next episode. And thank you for listening. Thank you.